Hello and welcome to Poetry Non-Stop. I'm Patrick Widdis and my guest today is Faye Roberts. I first met Faye in Cambridge about 10 years ago. Since then she has been tirelessly promoting poetry in Cambridge and beyond through publishing, running events and workshops, as well as being a prolific poet in her own right, on stage and page. She recently did a residency at Peterborough Market. I was interested to hear about that experience and the poems that came out of it. Here she is with one now. This is universal for Be Kind Kitchen. There is a strength in connection, blending ingenuity with pragmatic compassion, the right words at the right time. A full, warm belly, fresh green shoots, the little things that come together, alchemising kindness, feeding the heart. So, very mm. welcome to Poetry Non-Stop. Origins. And uh, that poem is one you wrote for a recent residency at the market right. in Peterborough? That's right, yeah, part of the city market in Peterborough, and this was for the Syntax Festival. Um, so several of us were given... Um, kind of well-loved but maybe not necessarily well-known if you see what I mean or or well high-profile places in in Peterborough Um, so I had the city market uh, someone else had Neen Park which is huge and someone else had the tiny community centre the Iqbal community centre on the outskirts and um, I I turned up to to the market um, to discover that it's freezing cold um, and is a real mix of all sorts of different independent traders. Every single person there is an, an independent trader um, of varying different sizes. It's very much, you know, not labels, not high street, not the rest mm. of it. What I discovered in the course of researching for a larger piece I did for all this is that it's, it's, it was literally the centre of Peterborough. When Peterborough was burned to the ground by Vikings in the 12th century, they, that the abbot of the time, Martin de Beck, he um, basically laid out the plans and the plans started with the marketplace. So there's this big sort of rectangle which says this will be the marketplace, these are the streets around it, here's where the abbey is, here's where the, what's now the cathedral, which was then the abbey church. And you look at all the, all the maps that you can find, you know, all the, all the, all the, all the older maps, um, and it's got the marketplace in exactly that place, exactly that shape. And there are lots of paintings and photos and, and drawings and all sorts from medieval times upwards and you've got people in crinolines and you've got people in 50s gear and all sorts of stuff all the way through there's always been a market there but the center of peterborough has shifted because they wanted to expand peterborough literally double its size and that meant that the literal center of peterborough has shifted and you know so that the, the city city market is no longer the center of peterborough so the, the work there that I did was an exploration not only of what it is and could be, but also what it has been in the past. So it was really, really interesting talking to people, but um, I was also hearing their disappointments and their frustrations as well as what they like about what they do. So the eventual longer poem was... I felt it, it wouldn't have been truthful if I hadn't told that stuff as well. It needed to be all of the good things and the potential and, and the, the passion and the creativity and all the rest of it that goes into it, but also the dark side, the way that people had had to literally move out, the way that they're demolishing the, the car park to the other side, which means that, you know, that, that bit that bit of the market's gone literally dark. There are lots of signposts saying these people have moved within the market or somewhere else or wherever. 
So you've got this almost classic Campbell hero's journey where you go through the light and you meet various different characters along the way and then there's the call to adventure and go into the darkness and meet the meet the, the Sybil, which... In and did you case. feel you had to, the freedom to tell it from all sides? I wasn't the... sure at mm. first. Uh, um, it was because it was also the council run it and it was the council had been part of interviewing me for the, um, for the post and all the rest of it. I didn't know whether I'd be able to do that, and but the more and more I was talking to people, and the more I was spending time there, I was thinking I can't not, even if I have to do something unofficially, not as part of this. Mm. And then I met up with Keely Mills, who is the chair of the Syntax Poetry Festival. She was saying, "Yeah, absolutely, write the truth of it. You're here to be not, no, not an advert. You're not here for the council. You're here for the market. That's that's your brief, is to write about this." Which was immediately freeing, and also being told that you know it could be uh, fit twenty minutes, you know, if I wanted to do the rest of it. Mm. So that was actually that was incredibly freeing. But up until that point, I really wasn't sure. Mm. But I knew I had to write something about that. It's kind of like you know, that phrase. That phrase, speak truth to power, or whatever. The problem yeah. that people were talking about was that the council not only wasn't weren't listening to them, but also weren't talking to them, weren't telling them what's going on. So I felt like, well, if I need to be part of one part of that two-way conversation, then, then so be it. So we'll be making a film of that longer piece, kind of as you travel through, follow, following the route of the poem, as it were, um, and then out the other side of the maze. Um, and, yeah, we're, the council representative said he's going to send it around to the different colleagues in the council, so... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you know there's a strong tradition of that in poetry, uh, giving voice to people. And yeah. this yeah. is what we wanted out of the Cambridge Bard, which will be resurrecting this year. Um, sorry, 2020, more accurately. Um, I still think in academic years. I don't think I'm ever going to stop <laughs> doing that. But um, yeah. So the difference generally between a bard and a poet laureate is, and I think that's more blurry nowadays, but traditionally the poet laureate is something that's handed mm. down, mm. that is authority saying this is our mouthpiece to you know, put these things in, in palatable form, in, in verse form or whatever, but a bard is more like, they talk about the people being the breath and the bard being the voice, and that's something that we wanted for our bard, and I know in various other cities they have that same thing, like Stony Stratford and the Bath bard and stuff like that, so... It's about collecting the thoughts and experiences of people who don't necessarily have the skill to tell those stories and put it into, like, a, you know, broadcast themselves, but that's what the poet does, is, yeah. Yeah, so uh, just briefly, Cambridge Bard is one of your other many projects. <laughs> many projects. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be part of the um, In Other Words Festival. The idea is basically a whole festival of... You know, people. I always say people you've never heard of, but we think that you should. So whether they're emerging artists, or whether their art form is a bit more obscure, or for whatever reason, even just in Cambridge, we've not heard of them. And it's a two-way thing. It's sort of bringing more voices into Cambridge so people can see more about what spoken word can be, but also sort of representing Cambridge wider and saying here is something that we here's something that we do. And part of that, you know, showing lots of different ways that poetry and storytelling and spoken word in general can be will also be appointing a bard as part of it's kind of like the closing event of the festival as it has been the last couple of years we've done it and bards are always well certainly certainly in this tradition that we've nicked from you know modern bardship are elected by people so they go through trials uh, which is basically like a competition they have sort of elimination rounds of people performing they also write to commissions so we'll give them a topic and they have to write something at short notice to show that they can do that because that's a skill that we'll need them to do yes. through, through the year 
Um, and also they will give their statement of intent. So they talk about what they want to do during their time, what, what they've already been... Sort of it's, it's a, a chance to show off what you've already been doing that is bardic, but also how you will take that further, how you plan to sort of expand that, how you plan to represent Cambridge, how you plan to tell the stories of Cambridge. So far, it's, it's, it's been storytellers. It'll be interesting to see whether we get a, a songwriter or a musician next time or a, a poet. So, yeah. yeah. And it's open to basically anybody who uh, phrases has a voice and, and knows how to use it. Yeah. So going back to the residency, mm, sure. uh, you're um, obviously based in Cambridge. Yes. So how did, how did you end up uh, in Peterborough? It was something that was... It was advertised quite broadly um, and it was open to anyone within Cambridgeshire uh, and nearby um, all had connections with it, I believe. And uh, yeah, I can do that. So yeah, various people had pointed it out and I'd noticed it and promulgated it myself on, on various social media. And I thought, well, this is exactly the sort of thing I'm after during the sabbatical is to mm. to do more of this, this kind of stuff. And um yeah, uh, applied and um, with a very ambitious sort of suggestion of things I can do and bullet pointed and everything as though I was doing a, a project, mm-hmm. doing my day, day, day job kind of thing. And um, apparently it went well with the interview as well. And uh, there I was, uh, in many ma- wrapped in many layers in this uh, this cold November market, asking people about what they really loved about selling vegan food or fruit or um, you know Pan African fabrics and that kind of thing. Well, it sounds like you know more about the markets now than probably anyone living in Peterborough. It's, it's a, I was telling people a lot, yeah. There was people, I didn't know that. Um, but it's odd how many people do know the market. It's just it's one of those places they they think they should go to more often, but they don't. And it was really heartening to have people coming up afterwards, genuinely, you know, very obviously, very genuinely saying, "I, I, I need to go there," and I'm mm. not, and we should. And so I hope if I, even if a little bit of revitalisation happens as a part of this project, that would be amazing. It's not what I expected when I walked, it, I walked in. Um, I expect it to be quite vital in it mm-hmm. beforehand. But um, yeah, if, if I can be part of that, part of a bit of a fight back as well, that would be great. Um, and so had you done anything like that before? No. Um, well, sort of. Not, not a lot of residency as such. We've done um, Poetry to Go, which... Uh, is a kind of a pop-up stool at festivals. So we'll we'll turn up with a typewriter and various different bits of paper, coloured paper and pens and stuff like that, and we will take people's order. So it's a bit like being a short-order cook, but you're a short-order poet. So people will be there for the fe- for whatever mm. festival it is. I think the last one we did was the first Cambridge Pride in July. And um, we, yeah, we took orders from people to write poems for them, for their family, for their friends or relatives and especially at Pride the sheer range of topics and um, things we've wanted to talk about but there's something particularly gorgeous about e- each of the festivals we do is, is got a different vibe and different um, a set of requirements and things that people want for it when we do Cambridge Literary Festival you get people asking for very particular types of sonnets or in one case the emeritus professor I can't remember which college now wanted something in a very obscure Greek form that we had to <laughs> basically someone one of our lots have turned up at the store and I said right sit down get your, get your phone out you're learning about this type of poem um, so yeah that, that one seemed to be very literally much more literal for Cambridge Pride you got this pit where people started to sort of oh, prevaricate and they went, no, no, I can openly say I want to talk about my 
girlfriend kind of thing, or just talk about themselves, or talk about their, you know, their, their journey or their gender identity or whatever. And this little smile that lit across their faces, each of them individually went, oh, I can talk, I'm allowed, I'm actually allowed, right here and right now, I don't have to hedge pronouns, or I don't need to kind of, you know, edge around the, um, the, the stuff I want to talk about, or be myself, I can just happily go, I want to talk about my new girlfriend, or my fiancé, or whatever, you know. These two beautiful trans women who had recently got engaged because we were saying, Oh, what you want a poem for each other? We'll write one for each of you. Brilliant, what, what are you to each other? And they sort of held up their ring fingers and went, Ugh! I was so excited. And it was just, <laughs> but they also, it wasn't, they also didn't need to talk about being trans as something that was, that was about them. They, that, they could set that aside because that was just a thing. They could say, I want to talk about how she's a massive nerd and how she really likes Bake Off and how, you know, and that could be. We, they didn't have to worry about pronouns with us, but at the same time, they also didn't have to just keep talking about the same facet of their personality. So it was, it was great. We could talk about so many different things, including the mundane for people, and it was lovely. So we, that basically sort of doing more of that, but in a specific place than just me doing it. And instead of people coming to us and asking for poems, I was going up to people going, oh, I'm going to write a poem about you. And they're like, oh, OK, will you? How does that work then? So... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we should hear another poem at this Ooh, point. Okay, yes. This is a very geeky one. Um, there is a store called Get the Game, and Get the Game is uh, retro gaming and DVDs. Um, and yeah, I think even VH, I even saw VHS in there. It's very, very retro. So I decided I was going to just really lean into the geekery for them. And this one is called Stack. Stay a while and listen. You may not die of dysentery, but your princess is in this castle. Frostmorn hungers and the cake may be a lie, and you, but you might spy a steady supply just around the corner. This is no ordinary store. Dealing in dreams, the numbers mean you have not died yet, but this may well be heaven. So, yeah, if you're into your retro gaming, like, a good two-thirds of that is basically quotes <laughs> from games. So, uh, what do you feel you gained from this residency? Um, apart from uh, always take thermal underwear with you. Um, apart from that, a lot actually. Not only I know a lot more about Peterborough. Peterborough's always been that place that's quite near us, but you know, and all I know about it is poetry. Actually, I've only ever gone for poetry events or have people come down from there. I know a lot more about the literal physical shape of it as well as some of the politics that's involved in it and its history and also just that there was just something it, very difficult but also very empowering that it was done right about walking up to random busy strangers in their own territory and saying I'm going to write a poem for you who are you then as opposed to it being a stall in a in a in a festival or whatever, or it being part of a literary thing, we were I, I was having to talk to strangers straight up and say, so not only am I a poet, but poetry is going to happen. So, so what kind of reaction did you get? It was it ranged from right to bemused amusement and slight scorn through to um, politeness and then sometimes real enthusiasm and ended up talking the, the the lady who does a lot of the cleaning so she pushes a great big cart around and makes the place as clean and tidy as it can be turned out she was a poet and so she showed me some of her po- I ended up writing oh. a poem for her mm-hmm. actually um, having seen some of her poetry and you know also seeing how 
important she was to the market while at the same time it being immobile and therefore not necessarily a very visible thing that she did. But it was one of those things that if it wasn't done, you'd, you'd miss it, that kind of thing. So that's where the root of that poem came. But it's also been in handing over the poems. People who Sometimes people weren't very sure about it, but when they saw the poem, and they saw that something had been created for them, often with poetry to go, we're posting them off. We don't get to see people's responses because we're physically, we're emailing them to them after the event or we're giving them to someone to give as a gift to take away to someone else. Um, so we very rarely get to give someone directly the poem we've written for them and this wasn't for people's relatives or friends or partners this is for them and about what, the work that they do so to have people look at it and go oh my god you, you captured it sometimes they just looked at it oh that's nice but there were the people who just went wow you've, you've got what I'm trying to be thank you seeing the power that poetry can have that way is that was particularly powerful. Yeah, sorry to say power over and over again, but it was... Oh, that's going to maybe sound very pretentious, but it was also an oddly humbling experience. We get used to talking about poetry with other poets and with other poetry audiences. The whole point of the Syntax Poetry Festival is to take poetry to other places. They had flash residencies in chip shops and ruins and um, other shops and libraries and churches and things like that, and pubs, and this one was in a marketplace and they don't have poetry here except in the greetings mm-hmm. cards so to say to people this is poetry that is not only poetry but it's relevant to you and it's for you and it's about you and seeing that make that connection oh, that's oh, wonderful. Oh, there's nothing mm-hmm. like it yeah oh. and oddly difficult to put into words <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was uh, that that was that was fantastic and it's it's really sort of honed my my resolution to do more of that in Cambridge Cambridge is quite siloed in that way whether culturally or historically or and culturally in lots of different ways whether you're talking art forms or you're talking uh, organisations or you're talking you know town versus gown or even within town and within gown there are lots of walls and under, literally underground places what we want to do is a lot of what um, seeing Syntax Poetry Festival doing that made me go yeah let's do more of that in Cambridge I think people think of it as a place that's very cultural, you know, in terms of literature and art and the rest of it, and it is, but it's in a very specific way. And I want to make more of the poetry and art I know is in lots of other places as well. So, yeah, taking inspiration from the festival itself as well as the, the residency, and I started to think about places we can do that in. So we're also doing this tour of... We're going to work up a walking tour of Mill Road, which I'd sort of had the idea of doing, and after now doing that for for um, the market in Peterborough going, yeah, this is, this is very possible, we can definitely do it. In fact, then I was starting to think of all the different places outside Mill Road we can do it and just get poems for everywhere in Cambridge. So, yeah, yeah it's expanded that sort of ambition. <laughs> yeah, well. it's, uh, it's something magical about taking poetry to places where mm. it doesn't usually belong or isn't thought yeah. to belong. Yeah, or when you and I did that thing in um, Black Cat Cafe and just, yes. there and just writing poetry mm-hmm. and seeing people go, oh... Yeah, go on then, give us a poem or whatever. Mm-hmm. And even Black Cat, even doing one for Black Cat themselves and then posting that on social media and stuff. And it was, yeah. And it, yeah, it, yeah. We, need to, we need to do more of it. It's very easy to go all ivory tower and we just write mm-hmm. in our bedrooms or in our libraries or in our little writing groups. And if we're going to say that poetry is relevant, we need to actually take it to everyone else as well and bring everyone else in to us. Great. So um, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to do a residency? Well, residency, specifically. Um, get out of your comfort zone. 
there, there, well, there's two ways to do it. Go to somewhere that you know and love already and just let that love beam out. But for what I found the real richness for mine was going somewhere you don't know and finding out all about it and getting incredibly passionate about it and staying up to two o'clock in the morning researching the history of the city it lives in and where it comes from and that kind of thing. And, and be, be bold and look at, there are lots of residencies out there and some, in some of the most obscure places. And if there isn't one, go and ask. Go up to museums and say, you know, shall I write some poems for you? Shall I sit there and, and, and do that and talk to people? Because the other nice thing was talking to customers, not just the traders, but saying, what, you know, what are your associations with the place? And they were, they were a lot more positive and a lot more passionate. So it was really lovely to bring in, literally bring in the words that they gave me and got them to write out on little cards, mm. the, the words and the, and the feelings they had about it ended up having this really impassioned conversation with people who love it and again frustrated and they want to make changes to it and it was yeah so yeah go, go out to places places you may not even think fit poetry or places that you would fit poetry to and, and just do it really I think that's what I would say because you right, can find poetry yeah. and stories everywhere where there are people there's poetry so yeah just do that Right, and uh, I think you have some uh, additional inspiration in the form of a writing I exercise. do, yes. So, the first thing I do with any workshop that is the um, Ditch the Fear workshop. It's about basically, it's either for people who've never written poetry before and just starting them off, or it's people who've got a writer's book at the moment and it's a way to get through that and have lots of little exercises like that. And this one's basically called Lemons. And it's a timed exercise because you want to ditch that little editor that's telling you it's not good enough yet when you haven't even started so you have to give yourself a very set amount of time and just do it so first of all you take the word lemons or if you've done this exercise before take a completely different fruit or get someone to give you a random word but lemons is useful because there's a lot more to lemons than you think so give yourself a two minute timer and free write every word you can, and phrase you can think of to do with lemons, everything that comes to mind, just word association, phrase association, whatever images come to mind, write them down. And then if anything bounces off those images, so you've talked about um, drinks and you start talking about gin and tonic and then you start talking, thinking about the last time you went for gin and tonic and you start going off into glasses and um, you know tables and anything that comes to mind, just, just write it out. When you stop, go back to lemons and start writing again. The two minutes will go quickly, but you should have... A body of words and phrases and images to go with as well so that's your toolkit second bit set your timer for 10 minutes and then write a poem using as many of those toolkit words phrases and images as you can um don't have to use all of them it's not it's not a mathematical exercise in that way it's just to give you a grounding it's a like i said it's a toolkit stuff to elements to use and then yeah that your, your 10 minutes are, keep looking at the time when you're about a minute or so to go start rounding off start thinking about how you can bring that to a close if it's a story it's a poem however however it's working out with just a series of um, observations or something like that what's your last observation when the timer goes how can you finish it off don't you know maybe polish a little bit maybe just a touch of editing to round out a couple of words replace one word or add in a word that you think wasn't quite right or whatever but finish it have it done make it done you have now got a poem that's it. The whole idea is just to write a poem. It doesn't have to be the best poem in the world. It doesn't have to be the quintessential lemon poem. The idea is that you have finished a poem. The idea being then that you can then go on and finish other poems. Start them and finish them. And it's amazing what you can do in the time. If you mm. give yourself a set amount of time that you have to do it in, you will do a lot more, I've found, than if it's free form. 
I'm really good with deadlines, which is why this kind of exercise is good for me. Yeah, I think uh, writing to deadline is good, but also writing about something like a lemon, which you might think you, it, there isn't much to write about, but I'm, I'm sure there is. And, um, food. What I love is that yes. whenever I do this exercise, everyone in the room has a completely different take on lemons. So some people go head off into trees and then family trees and all sorts of things about orchards and stuff. And some people head off to the Mediterranean and some people talk about gin or whatever. Uh, for other people, it's heads off in some very bizarre directions because that's their association with lemons and it's it's nice and simple yeah like you say okay, it's, it's symbolic of all sorts of stuff so yes well uh, i'm going to uh have a go at it mm-hmm. as soon as i can and uh, i'll uh put whatever i come up with at the end of this podcast excellent ah. <laughs> And uh, I'll put details of that exercise and everything else about that we've discussed uh, on the website, as always, at poetrynonstop.com. And uh, I think you have another poem for us. Do, yes. So this one is a sort of very strong link to the the lemons exercise, uh, because this is for Cobby's Fruit and Veg. And limes, though, in this particular instance, because there was a whole theme of people wanting limes and him not being able to sell them for complicated reasons. So you'll probably spot a lot of assonance with the title, and this is called Zest. It's not every inheritance that gifts freshness like this. The sharp in as much demand as the sweet garnering pearls of perfection from the everyday to the means of making exotic confectionery, reflecting the convection of smiles, familiarity breeding brightness. That was Faye Roberts. As I said, you can find out more about Faye and everything we discussed on the show at poetrynonstop.com. I'll leave you with the poem that I wrote in response to Faye's lemon prompt, which, as always, I encourage you to try and let me know how you got on. This is Sherbet Lemons. Mr Simpson gave us Sherbet Lemons. When we did our homework or correctly answered questions. He never shouted when we were late, let us get away with doodling and all kinds of games. How we dreaded moving on to Mrs White, a stony thunderclap of a woman who petrified anyone who dared to break her unwritten rules. I have sweet memories of Mr Simpson, But it was Mrs White who set me straight, kept me fortified, like a freshly squeezed glass of lemon juice, undiluted, rich in vitamins, and so, so bitter. That just leaves me to wish you a happy new year, and I look forward to bringing you a poetry-filled 2020. Until then, thank you for listening, and keep writing.